It's Saturday, which sometime around the bend is going to mean game day. But until then, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Obviously, realignment's a big deal. Over and unders are a big deal. Can we make some money on other schools in the Big 12? Let's find out. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube, and you can find me personally at All Day O State. Yes, Saturdays are usually a very fun-filled, eventful time during college football season and if you're licking your wounds right now from Oklahoma State baseball I feel you if you're licking your wounds from O State softball I definitely feel you but football season is right around the bend so why not have somebody that's recently been brought into the Big 12 talk about it with us all right brother man here it is from the Big 12 Mafia Nathan how are you doing today sir I'm doing fine Cody good morning it, it is a good morning, and yeah, man, we're, we're getting closer and closer and closer to Saturdays being the Saturdays that we all know and love, right? Wake up, watch some game day, you get your, your crap talking on to, to all of your friends and your family, and then you get it rocking and rolling. Well, when you look at some of the over-unders of the league, the disrespect on some teams, to me, is beyond palpable, right? It's pretty it, – There was some, I was pretty shocked, actually. Yeah, And then the amount of respect on a couple teams, just it's completely nonsensical. Uh, yeah, that is. So correct. before we dove directly into some of the over-under stuff, I just have a quick question for you, right? Obviously, I see you got some your BYU stuff in the background. So obviously, you have some Cougar love in you. Absolutely. Who is the next rival for BYU in the Big 12. Is it naturally TCU because of the whack and Mountain West stuff? Or, or do you think somebody else could squeeze in there and start some controversy? My goodness. Uh, I, that's a pretty open-ended question. I mean, uh, to be honest, it, next year we could be having Utah back in the league at, at this rate, right? So, um, But if we're talking about the current, as it stands, 14 now going to be 12 teams. I, I Baylor, TCU... Oklahoma State would be fantastic, but I think that's a bit of a reach. Um, but uh, it, it, there's some natural rivalries. I think Baylor and TCU are probably the closest to. Uh, you know what? I, I really thought that you and Baylor had built up some moment, momentum with the last two years. So I'm actually very surprised that Baylor's not on your schedule this season. Yeah, we was were, an odd move. Yeah, we were shocked about that too. I think BYU fans had gotten used to going down to Baylor. Maybe it's good though, because the last two years they've stolen a bunch of our players. Uh, because they have ex-BYU coaches on their staff. So maybe one year off will help us out and we won't lose as many in the transfer portal. 
So speaking of stealing players, but you you didn't, but it's a decent segue. Um, you guys just acquired our former starting left tackle and Caleb Etienne. Yes. And what is the common consensus on campus about him? Has he been able to step in right away and start competing, lifting, running? What's the deal here? Yeah, he'll be a starter. I think we're looking at him being dominant. Um, I'm not sure we're going to have as good an offensive line as we've had the last two years. I mean, we just put two in the league, I think, and um, it's it, it's going to be a little tougher as we go into the Big 12, but Anybody who's picking BYU to win six games, I think, is crazy. I'm looking to at the over on that for sure. So that's one of the biggest reasons I wanted to have you on the show is because w- when I looked at all the over-unders, the two that really blew my mind, other than OU, of course. Um, right. That I thought that was crazy, too. We could talk about that at some point. But was Oklahoma State and BYU. Oklahoma State because... Right. You you hear all of this talk about Oklahoma State lost half the roster and da 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 da. And then it, I try to tell people that when you break it down, we lost like four starters. That's right. It. That right. is it. You know what I mean? So this this fallacy that Oklahoma State is going to completely face plant. And I'm not necessarily the person that'll stand on top of the altar talking about how Mike Gundy is the greatest thing since sliced bread. That's right. not my cup of taters. But I will say Mike Gundy hasn't won less than seven games since 2005 yeah like i just it doesn't make sense to me and we've got the easiest schedule in america brother i I will say that i'm happy about it it's either ucf or you ucf has a really easy schedule this year as well so well and um, so we we, we hit on ou a little bit ou's over under is nine and a half as is texas's now texas always gets the benefit of the doubt and they always are projected to play for the national title which is ridiculous. Do you think that one of those two teams, OU or Texas, do you think either of them get over nine and a half? Uh, I think OU is ready for a bounce back. The last year wasn't, okay. that was a way aberration, right? I mean, Lincoln Riley stole half their starting team, offense and defense, special teams. I mean, it was just a rape and pillage. It, we need to do something in college football to stop that from happening. That was pretty ridiculous. But um, I, I think they're probably the biggest bounce back and somebody that could do 10. Uh, as far as Texas goes, if they don't win more than nine, uh, I, we could see Sarkeesian taking a walk. I don't know. You can see Urban Meyer back in there very easily. And uh, the the rumblings will start if they start slow. And they're, they're like two and three or, or some, even three and two. There's going to be rumblings down south. Yeah, well, you know, I'm actually surprised that they they kept him. They should have kept him, but it's Texas, right? They make right. irrational decisions on a daily basis. So I'm surprised <laughs> they did keep him. Yeah, I mean, I think that gravitas is it carries the day at the end of the day. And you know, I, I cannot wait. And it has nothing. People want to pretend that the new Big Twelve schools are like scared of OU in Texas. Well, if you look historically. We have beat them like an ever-loving drum for the last 10, 12 years, right? right so that's right. not even part of the conversation. OU, obviously, yeah, they have our number, and it is what it is, and it's very frustrating, and it's why I may or may not have a hole in my wall somewhere in the house. But <laughs> we're glad to see them go, not because of football, not right. because of money, but because of the same thing you see out of Utah fans, which is the most pretentious, sanctimonious, snobby, stuck-up attitudes. Their fan bases, unfortunately, belong in another conference. Their fan bases will fit just fine in the SEC. It yeah. what it is. We're okay with it. Right. Because the question is not anything to do with OU or Texas. 
The question is the new Big 12 and the stability of it. Right. And it's the strength in numbers. Anymore. Everybody wants to do the same thing. Everybody's looking at the same goal, and they know who they are. And and I think that's got real power to it. And Yormark sees that. His very first thing he did was go out and do that uh, that visit to all the universities, and everybody was aligned. And, um, you know, when they offered that money to the Pac-12 and they didn't take it, and then they immediately offered it to the Big 12, and they took it like an instant, I knew that, was, that meant, you know, there was big trouble for the Pac-12. And I think that also meant – that all the teams were aligned and um, Utah is a special, uh, they're a special little entity on their own. <laughs> uh, I've got a show that that's with uh, uh, a rabid Ute that we're starting up and he, he, but I think he's starting to see the writing on the wall. I think they're starting to understand that they, they don't see this last nine months remarkably as a big deal. They, they actually don't mind being the bad guy in the room. They think it elevates their profile that everybody hates them. And I told them, I'm not sure that counts. Just being the guy <laughs> that nobody likes doesn't mean that it elevates your program, right? BYU's program is roughly 50 years old. Utah's is 20. It, it started with Urban Meyer in 2004 and, you know, it's 2023. So uh, I'm not sure that it gets any better for them wherever they go, but uh, it's uh, we are just blessed to be in the Big 12. And that's why I wanted to start the channels, because I I'm really grateful to be here. Well, you're doing a very, very, very good job. And you know what? My my, my appreciation for you. And this is where I feel like we have a, a connection here. Obviously, I bleed orange. I'm a diehard Oklahoma State fan. Historically, I can go back and, and dig through a lot of the, the mental th thesaurus. Right. Right. But in, in my world, legitimately, it goes God, family. Oklahoma State, coaching <laughs> baseball, Big 12. That's my right. That's okay. it, that, that's, right? that's a good five. That's a yeah, good yeah. five. <laughs> and I really, you know, I get so frustrated at times when I hear some of the conversations with the Pac-12 people because it's just, it makes no sense. There's no mathematical data, statistical data, financial data out there that I can find, unless I'm blind, that says that the Pac-12 is going to get anywhere near close to what we're getting. And, you know, you hear these debates all the time. Well, what if it's only within 5 million a school? Right. Okay, yeah, then nobody leaves. But that's not the conversation. No, it is What isn't. if it's within 12 million a school? Okay, then probably teams start leaving. Well, and it's not a money. It's not a, it's not a money thing, Cody. It's, okay. It has nothing to do with it. It's, it's exposure. If nobody's watching your games in the next five years, the Pac-12's value as an entity without USC and UCLA draw my balls, they're going to get left to die. They're going to literally die on the vine out west. Jim Williams put out a text, a message today on Twitter that basically said um, there's only 23% of the population that lives east of the Mississippi. So, and that includes Oklahoma, that includes Nebraska. That, I mean, we're talking nobody lives over here, <laughs> to, to just be frank about it. And if everybody's in bed when your games come on, you're going to continue to lose relevance. And that's that's what that's what the bottom line is. You know what? I, I, I think you're 100% right, you know, because stability matters. Right, absolutely. It absolutely yeah. matters. And yeah. you look at the difference between the – Pac-12 and the Big 12. The Big 12 has a very phenomenal foundation, which I will admit, it's it's amazing to think about the fact that two years ago, two and a half years ago, the Pac-12 could have ended the Big 12. They legitimately yep. could have. 
And I do know that there was deep conversations with Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. I know they talked with like TCU and K-State and maybe even Baylor as well. But And Houston. They talked to Houston as well. Yeah. But there was like a financial side of it between Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. I legitimately thought we were about to go to the Pac-12. And then the Pac-12 stuck their nose in the air and was like, you know yeah. what, actually – we're way too good for the Big 12. We don't yeah. we don't want to muddy our conference with the likes of the Big 12. And this this is why when yeah. people say, "Well, why do you hate the the Pac-12?" It's because of stuff like that. Like they yeah. specifically George Klavkov put his foot in his mouth over and over and over again. That's why you haven't heard from him since what? I mean, it was before New Year's, wasn't it? The yeah. last time we, and the, his last comment was, and it was, it was on Twitter. It wasn't even an interview. And he basically said, oh, everybody's gone to, gone to vacation for Christmas. So nobody's around to really negotiate a media <laughs> deal. And Bob Thompson immediately went online and said, I, I have never, I've been in this for 30 years. I've never heard that in my life. They're, they, they're going to chase dollars whatever time of year it is. So it doesn't really matter. And that's why you haven't seen him. He's been the man to disappear. And I, I don't this this latest deal with the Big Ten basically saying, yeah, we'd love to have UW and University of Washington. We think we've worked out the money. Um, you know, you guys just basically need to decide that you're going to put the death knell in your own conference. We're not going to do it for you. And that's the bottom line is I, I don't see they don't leave by that June 30th date, I think. The Pac-12 is done. I don't know another way they can come back unless something changes. Obviously, things can change, but I don't see it. I mean, that, that is actually an awesome statistic. And Jim Williams is a flipping legend in the game. Yeah, he is. He, he is an is absolute bad. legend in the game. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is funny when you hear some Pac-12 punditry, they make fun of people like Dennis Dodd and Brett McMurphy and Jim Williams. They yeah. legitimately treat these people – like they have no connections, no sources, no ability to find out information. Right. It just it blows my mind how the Pac-12 has turned into the CCP with this wall of bull honky. <laughs> I mean, it's, wow, it's, it's preposterous. That's pretty good for a young kid to know who the CCP is. That's pretty good. I'm impressed. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I saw you know you, you mixed it up a little bit uh, in regards to research dollars. Because I found yeah. that interesting, especially as it pertains to Utah and Colorado. So let's jump into that uh, real quick. But before we do, I do have to let the fine people out here know. Today we are brought to you by Built Bar. If you have not had the opportunity to go try Built Bar, you are legitimately missing out. It is the only protein bar on the market that actually tastes like a candy bar. Covered in 100% real chocolate, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and it's got... Uh, Everything you need, whether it be for a road trip, whether it be for a workout session, whether it be to just get the kids a little bit quieter in the backseat, we have you covered. Go to built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get yourself 15% off or run to Walmart today. Grab yourself a four-bar box. Sam's Club, if you're the bulk type, they've got a 13-bar box as well. Try all the flavors. Churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. To me, is still the bee's knees. But you try your favorite and let me know how you liked it. All right, brother man, let's roll right back in here. You hear this research, research, research dollars, research, like it has anything to do with the landscape of college football. And again, everybody that says that the Big 12 is not a good fit, these are the same people saying that we care more about academics. 
how did that work out for the Ivy Leagues? Because people don't realize this. Do you know who right now has the most national titles in all of football? Uh, isn't it like Harvard or something like that? Yeah. yeah. And then Bama. Yeah. And then Princeton. And Notre Dame's in there as well. But yeah, that's right. So if you're telling me that Yale and Princeton could reverse the clock, right? That they wouldn't have chose to to ride a little bit more heavy in football. And, and, and I'm saying this as an Oklahoma State fan because we're guilty of the same thing, right? You see the massive discrepancy in the Bedlam record for football, right? Well, what people don't talk about is, A, we don't classify our records the same as they do. They classify their records all the way back to 1898. Oklahoma State didn't hire our first coach even until 1908. Right. And then so we did the player manager for a long time. And what was the number one sport back then? Wrestling and baseball. Baseball was Football was an afterthought. Sure. Matter of fact, in, in 1907, the president was about to make the game illegal because it made no sense to them, right? I just, I just don't know where this comes from. I mean, uh, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. I grew, I'm from Washington State, and I was a UW Wazoo guy, and okay. so I have nothing but respect for the Pac-12. Uh, I, I, I always wanted BYU to get in. There was an article in 1986. I'm gonna have to find it. It's in a trunk in my basement. But basically, it said it was an SI article, and the cover said BYU to the Pac-12, and it had a question mark. And they were talking about that back then. Uh, the snobbery and, and the elitism that is the Pac-12 has been there forever. They always talked about being the Ivy League of the West Coast. And uh, honestly, Cal and Stanford wanted to duplicate what Yale and Harvard did back east. And the, they kept that going. And it's gone over 100 years now. And you know what? That's hard to unwind. That's hard for them to look in the mirror and say, you know what? What we build is dead. And it's their own vanity. Larry Scott started it. But George Klyavkov has driven it into a wall. And, uh, you know, I, I have this disagreement with Utah fans all the time because they really care for their league. They, they took a chance on them and Utah's flourished because of it. I don't devalue that for them. I give them all the kudos in the world for doing that. But honestly, it, it wasn't because they wanted Utah. It was because they weren't going to take BYU and they either didn't match somebody with Colorado. So uh, research dollars has a, has no relationship with performance on the field or money that goes to, to universities. If they did, Stanford would win every year because they they have like something like a $10 billion uh, uh, fund that feeds the school that doesn't do anything to do for sports. And, you know, the research money, if, if we get back to it, there are some schools that join the Pac-12 and lost research dollars. Yeah, I saw that the other day. I thought that was pretty crazy because they so, talked about everybody going up. So, exactly. So, for all of the, the Pac-12 media people that like to present this, well, Colorado, they would never give up their research institution yeah, money because of where they're located and this and that and the other. That's not that, – there's no way that these people actually believe what's coming out of their mouths, man. That's no. my frustration. And I talked about it when I was uh, you know, blessed with the opportunity to jump on the Mark Rogers Voice Calls football show was I hate the fact that Pac-12 media guys are bald-faced lying to their fan base. Right. Like on a daily ba basis, on purpose. That's the part of this that I do not get. Help me understand – why somebody would continuously pump out news they know is not true. 
Well, because they want to keep what they got. They don't want to lose what they have. Nobody likes to think that they're going to walk away from a club they've been in for decades. Nobody wants to to do that. They want to be self-delusional, right? It's endowment dollars is what the word I couldn't recall just a second ago. Those endowment dollars for, you just mentioned it, for Colorado and even Utah, they talk about these huge gains that they made in research. And I think it was Ryan Thomas uh, yesterday, or it was, let's see, it was Jeff Fuller put out a, a document that basically said, no, that's not true. It, the, the, the very beginning, they doubled or tripled their research because they were in the in the Pac-12 club. But since then, it has tailed off. It's actually gone down considerably. So it, it, this idea that there, this money is going to disappear just because, or, or let me give you another example. BYU is rated 83rd. I think they're number two or three in the, big, in the new Big 12. Utah is rated 104. So what are we talking about here? There's these schools that say they're going to lose their academic standing because they leave an athletic conference that that was started by Tony Altimore last fall. It was a bunch of nonsense. He, he pr- presented a bunch of data that basically you just throw on a wall and hope nobody looks behind the curtain well, because it was that, totally dude, if slighted. Look, if you look at What's Tony Altimore's, if you look at Tony Altimore's, you know, he loves his graphs and his charts. Of course stuff, he does. Right? Sure, graphs and charts. Sure. So uh, when I when I was on the Mark Rogers show, I really, 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 really was hoping that Altimore was going to be on there because no, he's I, not showing up anymore. You're not going to see him again. I noticed yeah. in his charts, dude. Most of his charts were from 2017, 18, I 19. I, I swear to you, man. Well, they didn't even play football for what a year and a half. That, that and first, he is the, the COVID year. He's yeah. acting like these 2017 charts are relevant today, and that's my problem with the. It's Pac-12 crazy. media people, they don't get pushed back. They're, they're people in the Pac-12, they eat it up, they gobble it up, right? And then it's like, well, just look at the fine print, dude. It says 2017. What are we even talking about? Yeah, I, I think it's changing, though. I'm starting to get an idea that Utah sees the writing on the wall. You know, they want the, the infamous mythical invite to the Big Big Ten. That is never going to happen. Demographics <laughs> in Utah, there's only three and a half million people here. Uh, there, there's not enough eyeballs on TVs to support them moving, even if they were worth, what, 75 million? Are you kidding me? My gosh, BYU has an international brand, and they're worth maybe 48, 50 million. So, come on. It's never going to happen, and I think they're starting to figure that out. And I, they were lied to by their leadership. And um, if Mark Harlan keeps his job, uh, you know, I'm not, I never call for anybody's job, but I, I really think he's done them a disservice. And um, they would be much better in the Big 12. Let's be honest. They, they got a good program. They can come in. They'd be in the top half easy, right, mm-hmm. to start off. But they're not going to run the table. They, right. they run down to, to TCU and play. We played TCU in the Mountain West. They were good, right? And look what they did last year. So there's nobody that's just going to run rampant in this league. It's not going to happen anymore. This might be the last year something like that happens. And every year there could be a new winner. And that's what makes it so good. That's what's going to drive eyeballs and why everybody's going to want part of the Big 12. And that money's just going to go up, by the way. The Big 12 is just going to be worth more and more money. It's never going to catch Big 10 and SEC. Those contracts are never going to happen again. Uh, uh, What we're going to see now is pretty much the max of what they're at. The Big 12's got nothing but ceiling. Nathan Brown at B12 Mafia. You nailed that one, brother. You oh. absolutely nailed that one. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll touch on Utah real quick, and then we'll, we'll, we'll fire away with the over and unders. Okay. And uh, we'll do the over unders pretty quick because a lot of things change between now, fall camp, so on and so forth. So I think it'll be good to revisit in fall 
And then right. we'll go over more of more of not just you know the over unders, but but what players are gonna cancel out the other player from the other team, right? Do a more in depth dive for right as far as the the win loss totals, okay? But real quick, whenever all this stuff shook down and you saw USC and UCLA bolt in the middle of the night, which by the way is ironic that George Klyovkov, what like two days after USC and UCLA leave, what does he come out and say? The Big 12 is trying to poach all our teams. Like, bro, the Big 10 just got you. Why are you complaining about the Big 12? Right? It's because the writing was on the wall in the beginning, and he knew it. He let the cat out of the bag early, and he knew it. But Utah, I was like, all right, cool. Four corner schools. I love it. We lose Bedlam. We lose Red River. So give me the Holy War. Right? That that would would instantaneously be the biggest uh, rivalry in the conference. I think that would be good for the conference. Right. I decided. I like Utah. And Whittingham and Gundy are almost identical. Wins, losses, years, alumni, all that, right? Right. A lot of good storylines. And then I start seeing Utah fans. I was like, what is happening right now? Why are Utah fans acting like they're USC? Why is this happening? And it was over and over. And then I was like, okay, if you because Colorado fans weren't saying that, yeah, some of their ADs and their donors were right. like, Well, we're too good for the Big 12. But the fans, I live in Colorado. The fans in Colorado, they, they think the Pac 12 is ridiculous. Yeah. It does not serve them any good whatsoever. Right. They want some of the old school stuff back. They and then honestly, they do think that the Big 12 is gonna be able to help them kind of get back to where they used to be because they used to recruit Texas and Oklahoma right. and Louisiana. And they, they can't recruit – if you're going to recruit a guy in San Santa Barbara, there's no way he's going to come and play in Colorado, right? It, it, that's Those McCarthy days are gone. You know, we're not going to get in those recruiting classes yeah. anymore. They need to go back to bread and butter and be in the Midwest and the South. But, yeah, man, I just – and so all of the sanctimonious crap fest I saw out of Utah, I was just right. like, you know what, fine. If you want to be the, the person – that purposely stays on a sinking ship. You want to go down with the captain? Cool. Do it then. So I moved on from Utah. I'm over it. I'm over the Holy War. I'm over their fan base. I've moved on to San Diego State. But <laughs> Isn't that ironic? We're talking about San Diego State 100%. like they're the next, the coming, right? It's just, Utah, look, the respect you have for Utah and the program in the last 20 years is is warranted. And I think every BYU fan should dip the hat and say, you got right. the chance, we didn't. So we appreciate you and we value you. Uh, the thing is, is these guys are both separated at birth. They were twins. BYU and Utah are, are separated at the hip and they will never be separated. I, again, I, I don't see it because they're, they're two alike. Uh, they're, they're sides of the same coin. And the only time that I could ever see anything being permanent is if we went to the the two big super conferences, which I don't know that ever happens again, because I'm not sure that money is going to be there in 10, 15 years. I called, I'm saying three. Yeah, I think three, two. I agree with you. Yeah, three 20-team leagues is what I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and if San Diego State gets in and Utah loses their chance, they think that just by default, the big 10 is going to pick them up. That's not how it works. (laughs) These guys are into making money, not charity cases. Yeah, it, it is why 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 is there so much delusion down the road from y'all? Why is this a thing? Because they've 
won a couple of Pac-12 titles. Which, by yeah, the way, not win any Rose Bowls. I I don't know. I mean, the Pac-12. I'm sorry, but it's just I've said it before. I'll say it again because it's true. Winning the Pac-12 over the last four years is like winning an award for being the world's tallest midget. It means <laughs> absolutely nothing. It doesn't have a lot of value, and and I think again, I think Utah's starting. It's it's going to take a while. Uh, to unwind it, but you're going to start seeing some messaging, I think, coming out saying, okay, we, we realize now that, you know, we're not going to ever admit that we were wrong or that we should have done things differently. We right. held on to the very end, but I think they're, the writing's on the wall. I don't, I don't see how UW and, and Washington don't move before this, uh, this next season. And you're probably right. For all of the crap that they like to talk, they're not unintelligent. They know no. the lay of the land. They know that the Big 12 is probably their best bet to stay relevant. So you're right. probably right. It'll probably be Utah and San Diego State will go to the Pac 7.5. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even sure what's going to happen there. I cannot see Cal and Stanford playing in the league with San Diego State. I, oh. I just, I, I can see Cal wanting to fly across the country and play in the Ivy League before they play San Diego State once a year. I, I just can't see that. So I don't know. They, in my opinion, those four teams are going to go to the Big Ten, and it's just going to be done. All right. So now uh, we'll, we'll move in here to some of the over-under conversations. Okay. So we just talked about Texas and OU, right? And both of those are kind of interesting. So without kind of doing a deep dive and going over roster schedules, all that fun jazz, just right. blanket observation. Do you think that Texas does, in fact, go over or under 9.5? Are we talking regular season, right? Not bowl games? Um, yeah, let's do regular know? season. Regular, regular season. season. Okay, so I think I think, um, I think think Texas is an under. I think Oklahoma is an over. Um, what's the number on UCF? Was, was like four and a half or five? UCF on Vandal, six and a half. Six and a half. So, yeah, I think their schedule says they can do that. BYU was at six. And I think that they they easily seven and a half eight, but you know I don't I don't gamble sports. So I for me I would swap those, right? I I just I I think OU is going to be considerably better. I think their defense is going to be one of the top defenses in the country. I'm just not super super sold on what they have going offensively. I know a lot of people love Jeff Levy, and I know everybody thought that Jeff Levy and Dylan Gabriel, since they were, you know, birds of a feather and they've already flocked together before, right. it would be a seamless transition. It was not. Now, I can understand the defense being a problem. When you lose 42 players, I don't care who you are, you can be Alabama. It's going to take some time to get everybody on the same page, right? Right. So you knew last year was going to be a little bit different, but I didn't see much in their spring game that tells me that they're an 11-win, 10-win, 12-win team. Texas, though, as much as it hurts my heart to admit, <laughs> this is the best Texas I think we've seen in the last decade. Oh, wow. Okay. I do. Well, and I would defer to you because you've played these guys now for decades, and I'm, I'm a new kid. I know these schools. I mean, I'm old enough to remember them and, and everything, but I, I don't know the de- uh, nitty-gritty like you do, so I defer to you. Um, all right, let's jump on uh, K-State. Eight and a half. Um, and you know, they've got to go play Missouri early on in the non-con and that game might kind of tilt where their over-under is going to be. But again, blanket statement, just checking it out. Eight and a half. What do you got over under on K-State? Yeah, I, I think they're, I would take the over. I think they're okay. good. 
I, you know what? I'm with you. I'll take the over there as well. Texas Tech, seven and a half. This one's interesting. They're going to be good, but I think they're going to be good and also fall under. But right. What do you think? I think if BYU beats them, they're definitely under seven and a half. That game is going to dictate really the way their season is perceived, I think. Uh, okay. And then we'll move on to more disrespect. How do you, how do you play for a national title? And you bring in multiple four or five star guys from places like Georgia and Bama, and then your over under be seven and a half for TCU. I, I don't see it. I why would they drop off five? What is that? Almost five games. That bad. I I, I, I don't see TCU dropping that far. No. They're you know, and, and it's funny that I I say that strategically that way. They're scheduled. Their schedule's not exactly the easiest because they end the season at Tech, at Texas, Baylor, and at Norman. Yeah, and they play BYU at home. So I, I think in a lot of these games, BYU is going to be the swing vote. I think you bring yeah. a good end. If, if Oklahoma beats BYU in November in Provo, they're over. If they don't, they're going to be an under, an under team. I dig it. I dig it. All right. Baylor. They lose Siakaika, obviously yeah. right, the the man that took over five different offensive linemen at one time, almost. Yeah, He's that guy should have been at BYU. By the way, we're really, really sad that, that we lost him. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a BYU guy. That sucked. Okay, so seven and a half. Are you going over? Or are you going uh, under? I, who's their court, Who's going to be their quarterback this year? That's the only thing I don't know. I I, I mean, their team is always great, but who's their quarterback? It is should it be Blake Shapin. I mean, Blake yeah, Shapen, if it's Shapin, I don't know. I don't. Blake Shapin showed he showed flashes of brilliance, right? Yeah. But he also showed flashes of Hunter Decker. So well, he lost play. that TCU game for him last year, so you know, <laughs> I, I think if he would have played better, they win that game by two touchdowns. Um, all right, so my Cowboys at, at six and a half, which we already kind of covered. Gundy hasn't won less than seven games since two thousand and five. I would take the over. Mike Gundy's a great coach, and he'll get a, he'll get him to seven. Buddy, maybe I'm maybe it's my orange colored glasses, but our schedule to me, we can win seven games with our third string quarterback. Well, there the you go. We have there you go. <laughs> I, I think you guys should be at the top every year. You should be top three every we year. We should be. Yeah. We should be. Yeah. Um. All right. UCF six and a half. Uh, they get the easiest schedule. I think they could easily do seven and a half eight. There you go. Eight, I like eight. it. All right. This is oh, this one's interesting. Rock chalk Jayhawk. They have a pretty darn good team. Yeah. They have a pretty darn good staff. They don't have right. a lot of depth, but they have a lot of talent, and they have the best quarterback in the conference, hands down. What's their over-under? Six and a half. Yeah, I again, I, I hate to do this, but BYU is going to be a tipping point for Kansas. I, I think BYU plays – I think they're in – They're in. Um, what is it, Lawrenceville? Is that what it is? Uh, Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah. Yeah, Lawrence um, and Manhattan. Manhattan, that's right. I, I think we play in Lawrence, and I think uh, BYU is going to struggle in that game, so I would take the over. Really? See, yeah. I, I similar to Texas Tech, I think they'll be better, like pretty dang good, but still fall a little bit short just because of the, the strength of the conference. And yeah. then we move to the other one that I was personally disrespected on, was BYU at six. I mean, I know you're going to take the over, as oh, you geez. should. As I, I know I'm going to take the over as well. Right. Now, give the people out there a little tidbit as to why we should all so, take the over on the Cougs. 
so people are sleeping on BYU. I mean, they look at last year and they say, well, you lost four games. And basically the month of October, they took off. Um, but their co their defensive coach, he was, he was nice guy, but he couldn't, he had no, there was no system. Uh, he basically didn't coach him. He, he threw him out there and said, okay, cover, everybody cover somebody. And it was drop eight, rush three, the worst defense I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> and um, their offense was still top 20. I think it was like 23 or something like that. Uh, so we do have a new quarterback. Keaton Slovis is transferring from Pitt. who's an ex-USC guy. Uh, we like him. I, I think there's a lot to like about him. If he stays healthy, I think they win seven and a half, eight games. There you go. I like it. Oh, you know what? I'm hoping – I'm hoping so because I would love nothing more than your trip to Stillwater to end the season having some sort of Big 12 championship uh, implications, whether it be one of us knocks somebody out or one right. of us ends up going if we win. You know what I mean? Yeah, I let's, would like, let's I would do like it. for that game to have some legs to it. If it has legs, it's because we beat Oklahoma the week before. So that's that's what we're looking at. And I would love OSU to be – you know, and until Utah comes in, if US, OSU could be our last game of the year, I would love that every year. I, you know, I'm in agreement, man. I will say I feel a little robbed. Um, congratulations, by the way. Everybody I talk to, and, and I host quite a few, or I, I join in on quite a few Twitter spaces with fan bases from, you know, a multitude of, of different universities. And there's a lot of excitement around the Big 12. There is. There's a lot of excitement. A lot of love is going around, but there's also a lot of disrespect too. So we'll move on. Iowa State, two years ago, they were pegged as the, the bee's knees, right? Brock Purdy, Bryce Hall, Heisman candidates. And it was arguably Matt Campbell's most disappointing performance. Last yeah. year, they were in a rebuild. I'm not sold on Hunter Decker still. And I've watched several hours of film on him. I've tried to love Hunter Decker's. <laughs> I just can't do it. So I'm going over, or I'm sorry, under at five and a half for Iowa State. What say you, sir? Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're going to be under. Yeah. I like and Matt, Matt Campbell. Campbell might be getting fired, if not this year, the year after. Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth, brother, man. Yeah. Iowa right. State's going to struggle in this new Big 12, by the way. Um, How about uh, the old Neil Brown-led Mountaineers of West Virginia at four and a half? Geez, I, you know, my heart says let's go over but just because it's tough to, to not win five games, but they might only win two games this year. They start the year with Penn State and Pitt. Yeah, they have BYU at home, which is gives uh, they. I could see BYU. I actually have them losing that game. So I, I just, I don't know. I it's think he lost hard, that team man. last year. Why didn't they let him go last year? I don't get it. I, that is a phenomenal question. That is a yeah. phenomenal question because it looked like it was all but a done deal. Like there's right. no way they could bring him back. And even West Virginia media was saying, yeah, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. And then they announced that he's staying. It's like, well, well, well why? And yeah. not only that, man, you get this new schedule. And yeah, I think they avoid Texas. Okay, cool. But they don't avoid Texas Tech, TCU, Oklahoma State, or OU, or Baylor. Or, or BYU. BYU, yeah, yeah. I I think they're gonna have some challenges. I do. Yeah, but. you know, I I am gonna I'm gonna take a bold stance here. Okay, um, I'm gonna say they beat Penn State and Pitt to get. Oh, do I want to go over? I want to really, really, really. But you know what? Yes, I am. I'm gonna take the over. 
I don't know why. Penn, Penn State and Pitt? Are you kidding me? Penn State <laughs> could be top five this year. They won the Rose Bowl. And they blew out a good hey, Utah team. I, hey, I listen. Don't... Listen, I'm trying to Big 12 Mafia this thing right here. Okay. okay. I'm trying All to right. speak I this can... one into existence. Okay. All right. I know. Let's be positive. It, <laughs> yes. Glass half full today, baby. All right. Um, all right. Good. The other Cougs in the new Big 12 at four and a half. The fighting Red Bull induced Dana Holgerson. Yeah, Dana Holgerson. Uh, if he doesn't have his players fighting on the sideline, I think they might win a few games, eh? You know, I don't know. They're going to they're gonna struggle. He, he needs to get some more. Houston is in the mother of all hotbeds for football players. They need to really start recruiting and putting some money into their program. I really thought that – I know, man. I thought they were going to have a pretty good year. But I also thought that a large portion of their success was going to be contingent upon Donovan Smith, the Texas Tech transfer. Right, right. Right? He he has led comebacks to beat Houston twice. That's two games Tech should have lost. Right? So you know Houston is going to be circled that game. They stole our best freshman wide receiver. Hats off. To, to Houston on that. I know uh, Boogie Johnson and his family pretty daggone well, so good for them. But how do they get to how do they get over four and a half in this new Big Twelve? I don't I don't know if they can, man. Can they travel? That's gonna be the biggest challenge for Houston is they can win down there. I don't have a problem with that, but can they win one away game? You know, I I, I don't know. They would have to win all their home games and win, or I guess just their home games, and they would be over, right? Yeah. But I don't. I don't think that's possible. So I, I would probably take the under. <clears throat> you know what? I just for devil's advocate, I'll take the over. I don't feel super confident about it, but you know their their offense, I think, should be good. But that's what's perplexing is. They're still in a competition. Donovan Smith has not taken the job uh, from Coley. Right. Coley transferred in a couple years ago, and, yeah, they seem to like him. So, to me, if Donovan Smith hasn't ran away with the job, then that means that they're offensively in a little bit more precarious situation than than I even thought. So, I'll take the over. Yeah, it does sound like that, yeah. I'll take the over, but I don't like it. All right, Cincinnati, four and a half, new coach. Yeah. New conference. No, they're going to struggle. They, I, if Fickle would have stayed, I definitely would have put them. I, I think they needed to win, what, five, they're five and a half, so they got to win six. Well, four and a um, half. Four and a half. So, yeah, I don't I don't think so. I think they need to complete rebuild. I'm with you. I'm yeah, with you, bro. Cincinnati's going to struggle. Luke Fickle leaving just to go ah. to a Big Ten school, then they were going to match his contract. I, I just don't. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate, I think. That's modern-day f- college football, though, so. And I'm with you, man. I really was hoping he would roll into the new Big 12 because I thought it would have helped the perception of the Big 12. Legitimately speaking, I it agree. is what it is, though. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to earn our way there. And it's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm beyond fine with it, right? TCU proved last year the gap between us and the Big Ten it's very minuscule. The yeah. gap between us and the SEC it's massive. We got to find a way to reel that in. Yeah. They are they're a different level down there. And if BYU schedules another SEC school after this new conference that we're in, I'll, I'll be very upset. We don't need to do that anymore. We don't need to fight for eyeballs. <laughs> I don't want to play an SEC game in, in the SEC land anytime soon. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest. Well, we've got a home-and-home home with Bama and Oregon coming up. So I'm, I'm oh, excited geez. for those. You'll win. The, I think you guys will win the home game. Oregon, they do travel a little bit. I mean, they'll beat Ohio State a few years ago, but 
they're not the greatest on the road team either. They Oregon win. sucks. They're almost Oregon's impossible fan to base beat. Is, is worse than Utah's. Yeah, yeah, they really are. Yeah, they're, just get ready for that. I'm just, Stanford, Cal, all they can have it. They can have each other. Right. They can go down together. It's UW. It is UW is okay. If you guys can get some Washington games, I recommend it. Well, I will be watching some Washington games because we had one of our corners transfer out there. So I'll be curious to see what he does. Okay. It's like I'm going to be curious to see what Caleb Etienne is because honestly, man, he's a good story, right? We we got him. He was way out of shape. He was a mountain of a man. It took a year and a half. We shaved off almost seventy pounds. Wow. Okay. And, but still, last year he graded second worst on the team in MAs. And what happened was this spring it was his job. We we brought in Dalton Cooper the Texas state left tackle who had 1,380 snaps and only gave up seven sacks. That guy. Wow. Yeah, he's our left tackle. So Caleb Etienne was going to be hands down. No questions asked our, our right tackle, right? It wasn't even a question. I mean, heck we could have even slid Dalton Cooper over to the other side. So Caleb maintained his job, but he didn't hold on to his job. And then after spring, he was told come fall camp, you will be splitting first team reps. And he said, no, I don't want to do that. And we said, well, flipping sorry, bud. That's what it is. We're not going to guarantee you the first string snaps if you haven't earned them. You're going to have to split in the fall, and we'll decide game one. And he was like, no, I don't think I should have to compete. I'm out. Well, he's come in to, he's come in to compete in Provo. So I, I think I think he came in with the right attitude, and he's got one of the best offensive line coaches in the in the country. So I, I, I think, yeah, if they can, if they can – um, just get him basically dialed into the program. I think he'll be real successful. All right, brother, man, Nathan Brown. Thank you very, very, very much for hopping in here. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll try to work it out schematically to where we can make this a, a weekly regular segment. Okay. But, um, until then, let the fine folks out there know how they can find your work and what you have going on. Uh, make sure you plug yourself for later today, buddy. You bet. So uh, we've got a show that's called The Holy Rivals. It's about Utah and BYU, but we're not just talking about Utah and BYU issues. We're talking about issues that are affecting all the conferences, primarily Big 12 and Pac-12 and realignment right now. So that's at 3 o'clock uh, Mountain, which is uh, your, your 4 Central. Um, I really encourage you to come to that. It's, it's at the, let's see, at The Holy Rivals, sorry space there for a second and then all my big 12 mafia stuff is at b12 mafia and i'm on twitter i'm really active um follow me up and we have some shows coming up uh, into next week that'll be posted on the on the same channel at big 12 mafia on uh, youtube awesome brother man thank you very very much if you notice there that the screen popped up i forgot to add your name in i screwed i screwed the pooch there on that one my apologies that's okay that's but hey, right. man, I, thank you very, very much for jumping in here. I love what you're doing. I, um, I'll be at my son's baseball tournament, but I'll try to catch the, the Jim Williams show whenever I get back because I am very intrigued by that. Congratulations on what you're doing. Continue to do it, man. I see the rise. I see you putting the work in. And uh, yeah, man, thank you very much for your time. I greatly appreciate it. Oh, you, you Very humbly. Thank you very much. appreciate being on your show, Cody, and look forward to being here again. Absolutely. Hang out for a bit. I'll holler at you off screen. But until then, everybody out there, that's all we're going to have for this one. As always, I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes. 
And thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. All right, y'all. Later.